Netflix snaps its losing streak. We'll tell you why you may care in a minute. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Thank you for tuning Into Tomorrow for the weekend of October 21st, 2022, 10 days before Halloween. little something there. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. I see what you did there, trying to scare our audience. It's our only chance to actually do that, make that work. Yeah, very true. You know what I'm hoping our audience will do for you and I and the rest of the team? Tell their friends about us. Say, listen, subscribe to their one-hour weekly podcast because I think you're going to enjoy it. That's what I'm hoping everyone listening will tell their friends or two or 20. That would be really nice. Yeah. But it is our 27th year covering the latest in consumer tech. And again, thank you for tuning in. We're coming to you from the Dexcom G6 studios. Always know where your glucose is headed like I do and how fast. Visit dexcom.com. We got you some tech news and commentary and then a whole bunch of other cool stuff, taking uh, several of your calls. We've got a guest lined up this hour. We've got a lot of information to share with you, do we not? We do. Such as? Uh, I'm sure you've heard about all the Teslas that have been bursting into flames after being caught in floodwaters. From the wow, <laughs> especially here in Florida where... Yeah. We've had uh, some major issues. Fortunately, not in our area. We did have like a palm frond down in my yard. But other than that, nothing, thank God, major. Nothing like our West Coast, Fort Myers Beach area and so yeah. forth. But yeah, the Teslas are uh, that have been sitting in floodwaters are now on fire. Yeah, because of course, salt water is very conductive, even more so than regular unsalted water, I guess. Yeah. So it would be fresh water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> regular unsalted water, right. <laughs> and it's been causing the batteries in the vehicles to short out and catch fire. One house on hard-hit Sanibel Island was severely damaged after the Tesla in the garage of the home caught on fire Ooh. after the storm. Ooh, bad it, enough that it happens, but inside the garage. Yeah. Oh, boy. And this was according to a tweet from Jimmy Petronas, Florida's CFO, who also serves as the state's fire marshal. Petronas fears that many more EVs are at fire risk in the wake of Hurricane Ian. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, uh, there have been multiple recalls for EVs as once the lithium-ion batteries are damaged from salt water, they become easily flammable and cause the vehicle to combust. The NHTSA also stated that flooded electric cars should be kept at least 50 feet away from any structures, vehicles, or anything else that can easily catch on fire. Yet another thing to worry about. If you've got a minimum $60,000 to get an EV, don't. Yeah, your internal combustion engine won't burst into flames if it's underwater. It's no. just start. It won't work, but at <laughs> but least... it won't burst into flames. You're right, exactly. <laughs> that in and of itself, without any other extraordinary conditions, like a power line falling on it or something, should not burst into flames. Yes. I'll keep my dead dinosaur power, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of controversy... Controversial rapper and apparel businessman Kanye West, who goes by the name Ye now. People have said Ye, but it's not Kanye West, it's Kanye West. So he says Ye, just Y-E. 
I'd You'd think that would be Y-A-Y, but anyway. He announced that he's planning to acquire the conservative social media networking platform Parler. Ye said in a statement, quote, In a world where conservative opinions are considered to be controversial, we have to make sure we have the right to freely express ourselves, end quote. Parler app owner Parliament Technologies, based in Nashville, Tennessee, hailed Ye for taking a bold stance against his recent censorship from big tech, using his far-reaching talents to further lead the fight to create a truly non-cancelable environment, close quote. This is the guy who was banned from Twitter, then unbanned from Twitter, and then immediately kind of tweeted something not so good, and then yeah. was banned again. Again, controversial. Yeah. And banned again. And I think he was banned from Instagram as well. A fate oh. worse than death. <laughs> Two sites that I'm not on, and yeah. you know, a guy that I don't really care about following. So. You, you don't uh, tweet or Insta. No. None of that. You're just antisocial, period. I think I've, I've, I just passed my three-year anniversary of giving up uh, Instagram. <laughs> you, Greatest three years of my life. You keep it as, a, <laughs> as an anniversary that you note? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that's sad. Accurate, but sad nonetheless. According to a new study from the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, many users of Cadillac Super Cruise and Tesla's autopilot driver assist systems are overconfident in those systems' abilities. IIHS surveyed owners and found that, quote, large percentages of users of both Super Cruise and Autopilot were comfortable treating their systems as self-driving. Users reported being more likely to eat while driving with the system active. Oh. 65% of Super Cruise users and 46% of Autopilot users said they've had a munch on the go. 49% of Cadillac owners reported that they have texted while driving and using Super Cruise. And 5% reported watching a video on a cell phone. Oh, geez. And the same percentage reported using a laptop or tablet while driving. I, I didn't hear any percentage about reading the newspaper. Are, well, are, there, are there any newspapers? Yeah, anymore? but that's only people that are driving, you know, that are like over like 80. No, jeez. They're really the only ones that get newspapers anymore. Yeah, pretty much. And even most of those folks are online. Yeah. I mean, it is 2022. And as long as you got the kids or the grandkids or the great grandkids helping you with technology, then you're not using newspapers except maybe to wrap fish. Right. Yeah. But come on, don't you eat while driving sometimes? I eat while doing anything. Yeah, well, that's true. If it, <laughs> if it involves eating, it doesn't really matter what other activity. Because yeah, eating is just, first. Everything else is second. Just ask his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh, you know what that is. Ta-dum! Ta-dum! Netflix snaps its losing streak. They've actually rebounded following two poor quarters, adding 2.4 million new subscribers after previously shedding nearly a million in the second quarter, the streamer's biggest subscriber drop ever. And if you've been waiting to save money with Netflix, or maybe you don't have it because it costs too much, they're basic with ads. That's what it's called. Basic with ads. <laughs> Could they be more basic? Anyway, that'll launch November 3rd in the U.S. and also be available in about a dozen other countries existing alongside Netflix's current basic, standard, and premium plans. The streamer said at launch, Netflix will have hundreds of advertisers worldwide. Oh, goody. The new tier is $7 a month, $3 a month less than Netflix's cheapest ad-free option. So if you don't want to spend the 10 bucks a month, you can spend 7 
put up with ads, but get everything apparently that's available on Netflix. Well, in I case spent, you want to. Yeah, well, I spend $15 a month, which apparently is their high def plan. Oh, yeah, because it is more. or And I spend even more for the 4K plan. Yeah, well, that's because you're a, a sucker. Yeah, I beg my pardon. <laughs> <laughs> and unless you're sitting within like six inches of a 4K screen, you know, even I can't tell the difference well, not, between not most 4K six, and... Not six inches. Okay, maybe seven. Six to <laughs> ten feet is sort of the best yeah, and spot. How, how far Sweet away is spot. your couch from your TV? Uh, about 20 feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so, so I squint a lot, so even with you're, 4K. You're overpaying. Uh, I am overpaying, am I not? Well, that's not a good thing to do. Sheesh. Google may soon give you a feel for a city district before you ever step foot in it. The company is introducing a neighborhood vibe feature for oh, maps geez. on Android and iOS that will help you learn what's new and worth seeing in a particular area through info and imagery. You may discover a historic quarter full of landmarks and museums or the hottest restaurants in the chic part of town. The technology relies on a blend of AI with community contributions to Google Maps landscape, such as photos and reviews. If all goes well, the feature will evolve in sync with the neighborhood itself. Uh, the Vibe Check will roll out to Maps users worldwide in the coming months, they say. In the coming months? Yes. So who knows? It could be next year. It's coming months. Right. Gotcha. Elon Musk apparently plans to use Twitter to create his everything app that he's calling X, which would include messaging, streaming, video chats, and payments. Analysts are doubting the appeal of such an app, noting that large tech companies have tried and failed to get similar software off the ground in the past. But I think that's funny when they say to get similar stuff off the ground. If anybody can get something off the ground, it's Elon Musk. This is true. You see, with his SpaceX and stuff. They get quite far off the ground. They, they do. All the way to the International Space Station and successful return of astronauts uh, this past week again. So he can get it off the ground. Now, whether it'll ultimately be successful, I don't know. Is X something that you that you would jump on? I don't need any more social media, thanks. Oh, apparently you do not. <laughs> This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Omnipod. Say goodbye to multiple daily insulin injections and simplify life with diabetes. Learn more at Omnipod.com slash Dave. Oh, wait a minute. I want to make a note of that particular website. Write it, it down. Okay. Omnipod.com yeah. slash Dave. Oh, okay. I'll do that. And while you're at it, hit us up at IntoTomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Apple's upcoming AR-VR headset could use eye-catching tech in lieu of manual sign-ins to authenticate users' digital accounts. 
The device could also be capable of full body tracking. So stay tuned into tomorrow as we keep an eye on that. Well, it must have some wide trackers if it's going to track my whole body. Well, for some of you. Hey, yeah. come on. You've lost, what, 15, 16 pounds yeah. in the last two days? Not, not two <laughs> days. Like a month and a half. month or so. Yes. But you still need wide tracking. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But you're working on it. I'm working on it. Good boy. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. If you want to become a podcaster, Blueberry Podcasting makes it easy to publish, analyze, and grow your show. Visit blubrry.com. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Samantha Crow. She's the manager of science education with PETA. And uh, I thought this was going to be, you know, before you record this interview, one of those like real preachy things. But she actually is discussing some really cool modern high-tech and animal-free dissection methods. Yes, because if, if, if you remember from perhaps middle school or back when I was there, it was called junior high, dating myself for sure. Uh, that's usually when your science class wanted you to dissect a baby shark or a frog or other fish or something so that you can identify body parts. Well, they're saying stop doing it with real animals and do it digitally. And it's funny because you recorded this interview and then just a couple of days later, I went with the girlfriend and her kids to the, the Miami Science Museum, the Kids Science Museum, and they actually had some digital dissection right there that we were able to do oh, in they? the exhibits. Whoa. They weren't using real they animals? Weren't. We were sitting there dissecting a frog digitally. Interesting. Well, so you do want to check out that interview coming up. So stay tuned for that. There really isn't a space that a houseplant can't enliven. Well, what about other good things that might come from bringing some living foliage indoors? With this week's Into Tomorrow wellness tip brought to you by Human Touch, here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. Bringing plants into your home is not only aesthetically pleasing, but they can also offer strong health benefits as well. Multiple studies have proven that indoor plants keep you healthier and happier, offering both psychological and physical health benefits that include improving your mood, reducing fatigue, improving office performance and focus, minimizing the occurrence of headaches by improving air quality, and easing dry skin and respiratory ailments due to dry air. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. That's what we need is a house plant here in the studio. Well, I've been telling you for a couple of years you need more plants. Yeah, but I don't have a green thumb or a purple one. Yeah, but you or, do okay you know, in your bedroom. I know you've got the uh, snake plant in there. Is and that what that's you, called, a snake yes, plant? Or, or uh, I, I like its a colloquial term, uh, mother-in-law's tongue. Oh, great. <laughs> Had I known that, I wouldn't so, have put it in there. But, you know, then I know when you leave in the morning, you, you leave your bedroom light on a plant light or something. You know, That's so true. I, I do have one of those LED lights that has multiple colors, and one of them is actually labeled as plant growth. So I have it at like 40%. Otherwise, it's just weird. And my solar panels are working extra hard to keep the light on when I don't need it. But those but, are one of the best yeah. indoor plants for cleaning your air. And a philodendron, I think, is yes. one of the f only plant names I know. I don't have any idea how AKA or why. AKA Devil's Ivy. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I have one of those in the office, in my yeah. office. But we've got nothing here in the studio, nothing over there in the control room, plant-wise. At least put a plastic fern or something. Uh, no. <laughs> you don't want to do interview between two ferns? Uh, no. That's been done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Victoria, we thank you. And of course, the wellness tip is brought to you as always by Human Touch. Ready to be your best every day? Well, find out how when you visit humantouch.com. Janet in Mississippi. 
Thank you for tuning in to tomorrow. What's up? I've got a question about trail cameras. I have gotten three or four in the last couple of years, and every one of them seems to break. It's working. I put another card in it. It won't work. The batteries run down quickly. But the main thing is that they just quit working. Can you tell me the very best camera I can get? You know, I'll pay the money if I know it will last a long time. Well, I don't blame you, Janet. But honestly, unless you have specific needs these days, your best bet for a travel camera is your smartphone, believe it or not. They've got solid cameras, certainly the newer phones. They're very reliable. And like I said, you'll already be carrying them. So again, that's a good thing. If you want a standalone camera and you've had issues with cameras breaking, you can look at ruggedized cameras. For example, the Nikon Coolpix W300 has been around for a very long time and it's waterproof and shockproof. That doesn't mean complete. It probably should say water-resistant and shock-resistant. But the newer versions of it have been updated to be able to do 4K video even and take big pictures. Yeah, and Panasonic's uh, Lumix DC-TS7 is their equivalent offering, um, if you like Panasonic better. But the cameras themselves will be about as good as each other. Uh, both of those are specialty products these days, since most people just use their phones. So they'll both cost you roughly $550, which Oof. place them in line with entry-level DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. Yeah, and cheaper smartphones for that matter where you can do a lot more than just take pictures. Keep in mind, Janet, and anyone else listening with a similar concern, we'll have all of this information in our show notes for this weekend's broadcast at 10-21-22, of course, at intotomorrow.com. Now, DSLRs and mirrorless cameras will usually be more versatile since they typically offer interchangeable lenses and are built for better optical quality giving you a little more variety. Even. Yeah, of course, the catch there is that if you can take the lens off, then the camera is not dustproof or waterproof. Yeah. So they might be too delicate for your use. But Janet, you have us very curious about what you're going to end up not only wanting to take most pictures of and use it for, but if you end up with a separate camera, was it one of our recommendations or did you get something entirely different? And stay tuned because our listeners are the best on the planet. Others that might have some additional input Tell us what they're doing and what they've done. We want to hear from them. And let Janet know that you've got some additional thoughts in addition to what we've shared. So you can join us very easily. Hit that Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Or even better, please consider downloading our free Into Tomorrow app and participate that way. As Peter did, as a matter of fact, in San Francisco, California, he listens to us every week on TuneIn, one of the many, many platforms that carry our free podcast. Hey, Peter. Well, I got a message from T-Mobile, who handles my account, and the SMS message said, your T-Mobile device has met unlock eligibility. To unlock your device, please follow the instructions found here. And they give me a link. So I opened the link in my browser, and there's all of these instructions on how to unlock my phone, and I don't understand. I mean, I have to unlock my phone every time I use it anyway. So what are they telling me here, Dave? I don't understand. Should I do it? 
Should I ignore it or just don't pay any attention to it? Well, the quick answer, Peter, you can ignore it. Uh, T-Mobile isn't telling you anything about your phone's day-to-day settings, like locking a phone daily or leaving it unlocked. And it's not telling you anything about locking or unlocking your service, as in needing to do it to keep your service working. You likely paid off your phone or enough of it. And T-Mobile is letting you know that you can remove the lock that forces it to only work with T-Mobile and not any other phone carrier. Yeah, now unlocking it would be useful to you if you were interested in switching mobile phone service providers. Like if you wanted to leave T-Mobile for AT&T. I, I don't know why anybody would want to go to AT&T. But, yeah, really. Um, or, or Verizon for that matter. And that's only the, that's only the three that there are. Yeah. Um, or if you wanted to use it abroad with a local carrier to save some money. There. Uh, these days, texting abroad is free on almost every T-Mobile plan and offer most uh, free roaming as well. But unless you're traveling to Canada or Mexico or you're on a more expensive monthly plan, your data speeds will be capped at 2G speeds, which is enough for messaging, emails, and VOIP calls, but will likely struggle with anything with an image, let alone a video. That's the main reason people connect to foreign carriers these days. Yeah. Now, for example, last month when we were in Germany for EFA, I don't think any of us that were on T-Mobile, for example, had any issues with data caps or anything. We were texting constantly. We were using WhatsApp all the time as a team for all of, the, all of our team that was there, et cetera. And we were fine. So as a good example, we didn't have to spend any more money or buy a separate foreign thing in order to use our phones. Now, if you're not looking to change carriers or connect to a foreign network, as Chris was talking about, using their local plans, then you can absolutely ignore that notice. It's optional, and T-Mobile won't complain about you making it harder to leave them. So it's a win-win, mostly for them, but won't be a problem for you. Hopefully that answered your question, Peter. Let us know if you need us to dig any further for you all the way into tomorrow. And this portion of which is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 if you'd like more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. And hit us up at intotomorrow.com. Guys, stop putting your love life on hold. U.S. Pharmacy has some exciting news. If you've been wanting to try Viagra or Cialis, Now is the perfect time. Call today and receive 90 little blue or little yellow pills for only $119 with free shipping. Why order some low-dose sildenafil from one of those subscription services when we can give you what you want now? Call 888-856-8066 and we'll rush your order, discreetly packaged to your door. Then thinking of trying something new to help your love life? Call U.S. Pharmacy at 1-888-856-8066. For as little as $119 for 90 pills. Need your package in a hurry? Call 888-856-8066 and ask about our express shipping option and we'll rush your order to you as soon as possible. Save money on this little blue or yellow pill you've been wanting to try. That's 888-856-8066. Again, 888-856-8066. I can't let diabetes get in my way. So here's what I do. I wear the Dexcom G6. It continuously sends my glucose numbers to my phone. And the arrow shows me where I'm headed and how fast, without finger sticks or scanning, making it much easier to keep my glucose in range. The more time I spend in range, the better I feel, and the more I can cross off my list. Don't let diabetes get in your way. Check out Dexcom.com slash range. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G6 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. 
Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. During our 27th year covering the latest in consumer tech, and of course that includes everything from products and services and apps and websites and just all sorts of services, what have you, available today and into tomorrow. So we appreciate when you not only tune in, but even more so when you call in and participate on the program because you make the show. So many ways to participate. Very easy is 1-800-899-INTO anytime, 24-7. Or use the free Into Tomorrow app available in your favorite app store and join us that way. There's a little message to studio button. Or a lot of folks these days are clicking on the Ask Dave microphone that's available at intotomorrow.com. You can do that on any device with a browser and a mic. Just join us on the program. Every year in the U.S., more than 10 million animals are used for classroom dissection. Well, luckily, modern, high-tech, and animal-free dissection methods, methods abound these days, and they more than fulfill curricular requirements, we're told. We have the Manager of Science Education for the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or PETA, Samantha Crow. Samantha, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I can remember, as I'm sure most of our audience uh, can remember, at least in my case, in I think middle school science class, we had uh, that one day that some people dreaded, others were looking forward to in terms of learning more about biology and whatnot, where we would have sometimes a frog or a baby shark or something of that nature, and it was dissection day, and the teacher would bring us the animal and then work with us about how to dissect, how to learn the, uh, the, the organs that we'll find and things of that nature. And no doubt that was perhaps not the best way to do it, and especially these days where tech can make a difference. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And everyone has, or most folks have, a similar story. You know, and, and animal dissection has been ongoing for a century, at least. You know, animal dissection is outdated, it's cruel, and it's ineffective, and it also deters students from pursuing careers in science. You know, it exposes them to carcinogens, and it's simply an inferior way to teach. But, as you mentioned, there are some really fabulous, you know, new technologies that are now available that weren't available when I personally was in school. And, you know, it's, it's you know, just so exciting to, to, to learn and to share this with folks. Well, and, and to be fair, uh, you know, I hear my audience in my head all the time, so I figure I have to come up with some things or say some things that are obvious, I think. If it was such an inferior way to teach, how did it work for a century? <laughs> well, I, I would argue that it probably didn't work, you know, based on your story and the stories that I've, you know, heard over the years from, you know, many, many adults and also, you know, stories that I'm hearing now from, from students, you know, currently facing animal dissections in the classroom you know I, I, don't, I don't believe it ever worked but i think that you know it was the default method you know perhaps it began as a curiosity you know driven type of you know exercise hmm. but but now it's completely you know uh, n not that it was ever okay right but you know now it's it's unnecessary there's so many great technologies so many other ways to learn you know and and we know a lot more about animals now than we ever did before 
Oh, very true. And and when we talk about at your website, uh, make dissection digital, uh, we certainly are living and more and more so in the metaverse, as we talk a lot about on the show, where things are not reality, but in fact, virtual reality. And is it the same learning experience, though, in in your studies and so forth, that if they can virtually dissect a frog or a baby shark or whatever it is that they might have otherwise done as a as an actual animal, that they get the same lessons? Absolutely. You know, and, and that is what the peer reviewed literature indicates. So we just published a systematic review paper showing that in 95% of studies, students at all educational levels scored as well as or better in most cases when they use non-animal methods instead of dissecting animals. You know, medical schools no longer dissect animals. So clearly middle and high school students don't need to either. Well, but then again, medical schools still use human cadavers to learn. They do. And the biggest difference there is that the humans willingly donated their body to science. Okay, well, good point. Now, there's a good point, Samantha, <laughs> because I never knew of a frog that could sign a form that says, yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out and, and uh, find my organs and so forth. All right, so I got that one. Where do these animals even come from uh, that folks have? And I'm guessing it still happens, right? Even, even though some have gone digital, some are still using actual animals for dissection in science class or biology class or something. Where do they come from? Yeah, so every year, more than 10 million animals are used for classroom dissection in the U.S. Um, You know, animals are stolen from their homes in the wild. They are bred by the millions. They also, you know, some animals and various organs come from slaughterhouses. So, you know, it's the dissection supply industry is, is, you know, an industry. And they, they really don't have any concerns about how the animals were treated you know, while they were still living, right? They're not in the business of helping animals. They're simply in the business of selling, you know, as many dead animals as possible, um, you know, for profit. Good point. And that's true. That is their business model. And and I guess uh, putting them out of business ultimately is PETA's goal. Uh, Well, well, we would love for them to fully embrace, you know, some of the technology and, you know, perhaps sell sell like a merge cube or, you know, e-mind software, uh, you know, instead of selling dead animals, you know, they're, they're, every business evolves, right? You know, 30 years ago, we didn't know as much about cybersecurity, for example, that we know now, True. you know, 30 years ago, you know, we didn't know, um, you know, we didn't have all, you know, all the streaming platforms and, you know, all the things that we have now. So technology evolves, education evolves, companies evolve. So, uh, you know, dissection needs to evolve and the tomorrow is today meaning that you know currently today there are schools using digital dissection technology there are schools currently using uh sin frogs which are synthetic dissectable frogs and you know there are many schools that are not dissecting animals anymore mm-hmm. well i'm wondering samantha can you t- can you kind of walk us through a little bit about what the digital dissection is about have you experienced such a thing and can you tell us uh, on the radio what kinds of differences it is obviously not dissecting an actual animal but is it is it more of are you having to wear a virtual reality headset are you you know <laughs> what what does it mean to dissect digitally yeah so that's a great question um so essentially digital dissection software programs sort you know they sort of are a survey of the animal kingdom 
So the one that I'm thinking of in particular is called eMind. The website is eMindWeb.com. And there are, you know, uh, modules for invertebrates there. There's a module uh, on cat and fetal pig and frog, along with some simulated experiments. So essentially, these, this, you know, this one particular, particular software program allows students to, you know, completely dissect an animal, uh, identify all of the anatomical landmarks, both exterior and interior, and it also allows for simulated experiments, like say, you know, a, a frog heart rate lab, or you know, a genetics laboratory. Uh -huh. And all of these simulated experiments are all included in this software. So it's there, amazing. there are options, no doubt. And with technology, it has been able to make a difference. And I like how you indicate many schools have gone that direction, uh, and hopefully for a lot of reasons, you know, not only just uh, PETA's concern, but in general. I mean, they don't have to worry about health issues or, you know, buying animals or where do we keep them and, and so forth, and how do we deal with all this. If it can be done with tech, absolutely, it sounds like a better idea. Absolutely. You know, and, and during when the pandemic first started, you know, and, and teachers had to very quickly shift their focus to remote learning. Um, we we promoted, you know, digital dissection software and it was picked up like wildfire, hmm. you know, because it's just it's it's so amazing and versatile. And also, you know, if students need to repeat the material, a software program allows them to repeat the material until they are proficient. Whereas with, say, you know, a formaldehyde-soaked frog on your lab bench, right, students only really have one opportunity to make the right cut. Yeah, And, true. you know, the organs are monochromatic. They're, you know, there's no animation on actual physiology. So, you know, you're just looking at a gray, you know, and I mean, very often they are gray, you know, just simply, uh, you know, a little piece of gray tissue and trying to somehow, in, in, you know, in the student's mind, have them imagine that this is a beating heart. I mean, that's, you know, that that's not the way to teach. That is that is absolutely inferior and ineffective. Got you. So whether you're a parent, a teacher, or a student, look to digital dissection. Look into it at the very least if it's not something that your schools or your district is doing currently and find out what you can learn. And I'll bet you we can learn more at PETA.org slash dissection. Absolutely. Yeah. October is cutout dissection month and everyone can pitch in. So students, you know, faced with an animal dissection can ask for a non-animal lesson. Parents can ask their child's administrator to embrace humane science and end any lessons that involve animals. And community members can simply contact their local school district to find out what are their policies on using animals in the classroom. Well, terrific. Manager of Science Education for PETA, Samantha Crow. thanks for spending a few minutes with us and bringing us a little further into tomorrow with digital dissection. We appreciate the info. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Terrific. Again, visit PETA.org slash dissection for more information. I'm scrolling through their site as it is, and a lot of the cool stuff that Samantha talked about is all there and how you can make a difference in your school or your school district. So do check it out. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Into Tomorrow continues right here on the Advanced Media Network. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. 
A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral cost skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate log, call LifeCare at 800-956-0683. 800-956-0683. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted, 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Welcome back. Don't forget my favorite saying, call in, win stuff. We always have cool stuff to share with you just for participating on the show. I'm Cameron Graveline, and bringing you further into tomorrow, here's Dave. Thank you, Cameron. Appreciate that. European mobile operators are trying to combine smartphones, virtual reality glasses, and 5G to enable holographic phone calls. Interesting. Quite. The project is a collaboration between several carriers, and all of their customers could have access to the technology if it succeeds. I mean, we see it in sci-fi movies and stuff, uh, holographic phone calls. And in fact, what have I been watching lately? Oh, Avenue 5 with uh, Hugh Laurie, I think that's his name. I used to love him as House. Amazing. And you think he's an American actor, and then he turns on his British accent because he's from England. And and in this particular series, he's back and forth on purpose between his American accent. Anyway. Yeah, you've turned me on to it. I'm almost done with the first season. Hilarious show. Yeah, it is a funny <laughs> show. But they do that. They have holographic calls that come up from one's wrist. It's not a watch, but it's like a communicator on everybody's wrist. You know, they don't, they don't tap a Star Trek-like thing, you know, to answer a call. They just, it just pops up. And I think it's really cool. It's a holographic person. Speaking to them. Now, I don't know that we're quite there yet, but it is kind of cool that European mobile operators are looking to do that kind of holographic stuff. They can only do it with 5G and smartphones and, of course, virtual reality glasses. So, can you imagine? Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Where's my virtual reality glasses? Got to put them on and then maybe it'll work. But I think it'll be cool nonetheless. Yeah. And then in the future, you get rid of the VR glasses. Yeah. It's a start. Yeah. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys, streaming media solutions for the smartest businesses on the internet. Visit StreamGuys.com. Jump aboard the time machine. Jumping. Time to head into time. yesterday with This Week in yesterday. History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. This week, back in 1861, Dave Graveline was there when the first I trans- beg your <laughs> pardon. I absolutely was not because... Most illogical. Uh, the first transcontinental telegraph line across the United States was completed. 
spelling the end for the 18-month-old Pony Express, which ceased operations just two days later. (laughs) The remaining assets that weren't wiped out of the Pony Express were sold to Wells Fargo for $1.5 million. Wow. In 1946 this week, a camera on board a V-2 rocket, which was launched from the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico, took the first photograph of Earth from outer space. The German V-2 rocket had been captured by the Americans at the end of World War II. The explosive warhead was removed, and it was replaced with a package of scientific instruments. These included a 35-millimeter motion picture camera set to snap one picture every second and a half. In 1955 this week, the first microwave oven was introduced in Mansfield, Ohio, Uh at the corporate headquarters of the Tappan Company. The new cooking device had a price tag of about $1,300, which would translate to over $11,000 today. Yeah, now today you can get a microwave for like 20 bucks. Yeah, Uh, It's no wonder why they only manufactured 34 units that first year. The invention of the microwave oven, incidentally, was an accident. In the 1940s, Percy Spencer was building magnetrons for use in radar sets. He had a chocolate bar in his pocket when he came too close to a running magnetron tube, and the candy began to melt. And his wife was really upset because what a mess that was to clean up. But you know, back then, the $1,300 microwaves, you know how you got them turned on and going? How? Let's get it started. Oh, dear Lord. In 1969, the first ever computer-to-computer link was established on ARPANET. Was the, the, pretty much what happened. Uh, this was the precursor to the internet. Uh, the translated message, the, the message that was intended to be transmitted, was the word login. The letters L and O were transmitted, but the letter G crashed the system. No time for that now. The computer's starting. And this week in 1998, ATSC HDTV Broadcasting in the United States was inaugurated with the launch of the STS 95 Space Shuttle mission. That mission also saw retired astronaut John Glenn returning to space as the oldest person to do so. This was a record he held until 2021, when 82-year-old aviator and space tourist Wally Funk lifted off in a Blue Origin suborbital spaceflight. Funk's record was broken three months later by 90-year-old William Shatner. Yeah, really. <laughs> and he was so excited, but they didn't really go to space. They went to the edge of space. Well, they went just past that Carmen line, which apparently is believed to be the edge of space. Yeah, and so. they had like 12 seconds of, of lack of gravity, and then came plunging back down. I mean, that hardly is worth it. They were just a space tourist. If you jump in a pool and immediately come right back out, you could say, I I was in the pool. Same thing. Really? Now you're defending (laughs) these space tourists? No, I'm just saying, you know, they're still space tourists. They're not astronauts or anything. Was it as good for you as it was for me? That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances. Check out ifa-berlin.com. I shall do just that. Stanley in Oakland, Mississippi. Welcome into tomorrow. I am using an iPhone 12. This is my first iPhone. I've had it since like February or March. And I have to use my hotspot to connect to my computer and my tablet and a few other electronics because it's hard to get standalone internet where I live. But to use it, every time I want to connect, I have to turn my hotspot off and back on again to get it to connect. Is this an iPhone thing, or is there something else I should be looking at? I haven't been down to where I got it from because they've got a new guy down there, and he's kind of a jerk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, then so much for going back for some genius bar advice if the guy's a jerk. And I guess we're just less of a jerk. I, I so hope turns, so. So he turns to us. He t- well, I hope we're not <laughs> jerks at all. That's why he turns to us. 
Depends on who you ask. I don't. Well, now, Stanley, now you got to tell us: Are we jerks or not? iPhone hotspots only become discoverable when you open the hotspot pane in the phone settings. Now, there's no setting to govern that. It's just how they've always worked. You don't have to turn the hotspot on and off, but you will have to go to that hotspot page and keep it open until the device connects. Otherwise, the iPhone will just stop broadcasting when the device disconnects. And now, if you're relying on mobile internet and need to be always on, you might be interested in T-Mobile or Verizon home routers. They come with plans that are meant to be used by every device in the home and effectively function the same way a wired connection would. Uh, Their main target uh, audience are people who, like you, cannot get other reliable service other than expensive or poor quality satellite connections. Yeah, exactly. So, Stanley, I hope we've helped you out there a little bit. Please, again, tell us if we're just less of a jerk (laughs) than the guy you bought the phone from. But uh, it's not that big a deal. Just make sure you leave it open until your hotspot is connected. It will disconnect automatically, obviously. It's meant to do that. Robert in Atlanta, Georgia, welcome into tomorrow. Is there a PC utility or a device that can convert speech to text? Well, yes, there are plenty, as a matter of fact, but you may have to pay depending on how much you want to transcribe. Now, if you're thinking about dictation, you may be able to get away with using some free websites like voice-to-text or speech notes. Uh, They won't be as accurate as software, of course, like Dragons Naturally Speaking, probably one of the most prominent ones. They're trained to your voice, but they'll be reasonably okay, and you can tweak as you go. Naturally Speaking's Home Edition, the cheapest one available that we found, still costs about 150 bucks. Yeah, now, if you want to transcribe a pre-recorded audio file, you're pretty much looking at either paid software or paid online services. Microsoft 365 includes limited audio transcription. You can open a Word document and select Home, then Dictate, and then Transcribe and upload your audio file. That'll be a good choice if you're transcribing less than 300 minutes of audio a month. But it does have that limit of 300 minutes a month. Well, that's not nice. Because Microsoft, they're here to make money. They're not here to make your life easier. Well, that's true. I'd (laughs) forgotten myself for a moment there. Now, between software and online services, online services are the best choice since they largely rely on Amazon's, Google's, Microsoft's, or IBM's speech-to-text engines, which are constantly being improved behind the scenes. You can look into automated services like Happy Scribe, which will charge you 20 cents a minute. Or you can go the manual route and look into Fiverr or Amazon's Mechanical Turk, on which a human being will type up the text for you. It'll take longer, but it will be more accurate from the start. And probably cost you a few extra bucks, too, because you're having to pay a human. Yeah. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Omnipod. Experience freedom from multiple daily insulin injections or tangled tubes. Find out how at Omnipod.com slash Dave. Again, that's Omnipod.com slash Dave. And while you're slashing Dave, be sure to visit us at IntoTomorrow.com. Do you take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. 
What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use and I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget did I take that pill or not because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. I can't let diabetes get in my way. So here's what I do. I wear the Dexcom G6. It continuously sends my glucose numbers to my phone. And the arrow shows me where I'm headed and how fast. Without finger sticks or scanning, making it much easier to keep my glucose in range. The more time I spend in range, the better I feel. And the more I can cross off my list. Don't let diabetes get in your way. Check out Dexcom.com slash in range. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G6 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Welcome back to Into Tomorrow. I'm Cameron Greenlime. We really love getting more app calls, so please let us hear you on the show. Now, here's Dave. Thank you, Cameron. He gets more excited each time. Yeah. And I'm always happy to hear him. He's playing basketball now. Well, you know that because he had his first game and his team won. And he had a real good steal. Is that what you call it in basketball? I don't know. Man, we got to learn more about basketball if we're going to support him. We at least know to cheer when his team scores a three-pointer or something. And surprisingly, he's not the shortest kid on his team. I know, (laughs) which he was in football. Yeah. But he transitioned to basketball now, and he's seemingly having fun. One game so far. So let's, uh, let's hope that... He wins uh, this weekend's game, yes. too. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Know before you go high or low with customizable alerts and alarms. Visit Dexcom.com. That's D-E-X-C-O-M.com. Pregnancy is a critical time in the health of both mother and child. Health technology has the promise to make it safer for both of them. With this week's Into Tomorrow Health Tech Minute, here's Alfred Poor. Thanks, Dave. Health technology has advanced rapidly in recent years. We now have wearables such as smart patches that can monitor a patient's vital signs throughout the day and night, and not just during a visit to the doctor's office. This can be especially helpful for expecting mothers, as this data can help identify any possible problems early during pregnancy when treatment can be most effective. But are women willing to wear such sensors? A new study surveyed women who planned to get pregnant in the next five years. Nearly half of them indicated that they would be willing to wear a heart monitoring device full-time, while another third would wear it but only when sleeping. This sort of remote monitoring could have a big impact on the health of both mother and baby and improve prenatal health services. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Alfred Poor. Back to you, Dave. Well, thank you, Alfred. Be sure to subscribe to his free weekly newsletter at healthtechinsider.com. Always very cool tech about health that you'll see more and more of when you subscribe. You know what other newsletter you should subscribe to? Um, Ours? Yes. Oh, hey, good idea. And it's very easy to do so. You stop by intotomorrow.com. A box will pop up asking for your email address and just put it in. 
and then you'll get an email basically saying, hey, are you sure you want to get this? Oh, so you want to check your spam filters, too. Correct, because it could end up there. It could, just like, you know, someone from your family or your boss or any other place you wanted to hear from or expected to is like oh my gosh no wonder there it is in spam so yeah check your spam filters and what we do is a double opt-in thing which is why we ask you to click a link in the email we send that way your friends can't just put in your email and go ha they're gonna get it now nope not unless you click the yes i do want to subscribe and then voila you'll get it among other things you'll see tech news every week who's on the show this week uh, some of the calls, maybe the questions that are coming up, so you can say, "Oh, I got it! I got something similar." Let me be sure to tune in for that. We tell you the prizes we're giving away currently. Yeah, uh, and we'll tell you some of those in a minute. But also, we have a couple of particular stories that are fun. Yeah, the internet is awash in artificial intelligence software like Dolly uh, and Midjourney that generate professional-looking imagery based on text prompts. Well, our friends at PC Mag provided some twisted requests to five of them to see which is the best artist. Oh, so generated art by you simply entering a text? Yeah. Wow. All right. Like just kind of describe what you want to see, and then these AI sites will create the art based on what you put in. Oh, very cool. And that's all in this week's Into Tomorrow Tech Newsletter that I pray you get. It's free. You can subscribe. You can unsubscribe anytime. Nobody ever does, fortunately, because we don't spam anyone we don't blast a bunch it's just once a week you get a little something there to remind you to tune into tomorrow so subscribe in the red box just your email address at intotomorrow.com and of course you mentioned them some of the prizes uh, that we've got well we didn't mention them yet but you mentioned that we would tell our lovely audience what we've got yeah like for example no promises no guarantees i had a note from a listener the other day that was talking about something that he hopes to receive. And he goes, I know, I know, no promises, no guarantees, but I have my fingers crossed. <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll, we shall see. But yes, when you participate currently, we've got the following goodies that might be available to you. We've got a smart security light with camera from Hampton Products. Uh, from Obvious Solutions, we've got a portable folding Bluetooth keyboard. Scosche has provided a Magic Mount Pro Charge 5 for MagSafe and Qi-enabled phones. And we still got one of those Cube Mini PCs from Blue Jour, valued at $750. Yeah, and they are just so excited about sharing their Cube PCs. Rumor has it that after we give this Cube Mini PC away, he wants to have us give away a couple of the other Mini Minis that we showed at IFA in Berlin. And that I'm currently testing out as my main home computer, and it's been working Amazingly, I know for like a little three-inch cube. Yeah, it literally fits in the palm of your hand and is a full computer with Wi-Fi and everything. Yeah, really cool. So see what happens when you participate. We tell you no promises, no guarantees, but we ask you to mention one or two of the items that we listed, and they're always available, as Chris mentioned earlier in the tech newsletter and information at intotomorrow.com. But we'll do our best to get one of those to you. So if you've got a question or anyone you know in the family or friends or acquaintances or co-workers, tell them to participate on Into Tomorrow, and they could very well win one of those cool prizes. Like Rich in Purcellville. Purcellville. Why is that such a tongue twister? Anyway, Virginia. He participated with the Ask Dave microphone. We love you for that. At intotomorrow.com. Hey, Rich. I have a question for you. Actually, two questions for you about 
NFTs or non-fungible transforms. Uh, the first question is, did anyone ever use the word fungible in a sentence before NFTs came along? <laughs> and the second is, what's the point? I kind of understand what they are and how to get one, but I don't understand why NFTs exist. Uh, seems like, yeah, you can have artwork in an NFT, but you can't hang it on a wall or anything. It's, you can't look at it. I just don't get the point. So if you could clear that up for me, I'd appreciate it. Thanks. Well, Rich, it'll be our pleasure. First of all, it's non-fungible tokens, okay? Not transforms like a transformer that turns into a, a truck, uh, into a monster or something like that. That's what I thought when he right. said non-fungible transforms. <laughs> but uh, it's basically just a scam at this point, for the most part, honestly. The theory is that as an artist, you could sell your original work, verify that sale, and there would be a clear chain of ownership. Yeah, but then the reality is that your meme is not worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and that the chain of ownership isn't unique. You could sell the same piece of art on four different blockchains, and they would all just essentially provide the new owner, I'm using air quotes when I say owner, with a link to the same image. Yeah, and that ownership is also only valid as long as the blockchain is alive. And they've proven far less reliable than advertised, with several cryptocurrencies folding and disappearing overnight. Uh, the main point of NFTs right now is to provide a vehicle for money laundering. Uh, you can set any price for an item that objectively may cost $0, transfer ownership of those funds, and have a way to justify the transaction. But in reality, NFTs just don't provide any real value to the world right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it might be our opinion, but I think a lot of folks agree. NFTs are the digital version of a banana taped to a wall selling for $120,000. Which, which I think was one of my favorite pieces of art ever. Yeah, which actually <laughs> happened here in Miami. Yeah, and I think somebody actually went up and pulled the banana off the wall and started eating it. Yes, <laughs> and it was, that was $120,000. Oh, yeah, well, see how that oh, works. I'll give you 25 cents for the banana and about five cents for the piece of duct tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, it's what, uh, the eye of the beholder kind yeah. of thing, right? It's like, come on, people. But that's how that works. So, Rich, uh, I would tend to agree with you. What the heck does it all mean and why? And do we care? No. Most of us do not at yeah. this point. And, you know, again, it's, for, it's something for people that either have too much money or need to clean their money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Check it out. There's more for you always at intotomorrow.com. And we surely hope that you remind your friends and family to subscribe wherever you get our podcast can be obtained wherever you get others. Is that what I'm trying to say? Yes, it is. But you can also subscribe for free when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. See you next week. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netbooks. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Into Tomorrow.